0: The Contenders is a proud member of the Cage Club Podcast Network. For other great shows about movies and pop culture, go visit cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Imagine 91 billion light years traveled like that father is lost in the universe.
1: He, he alive.
0: We believe he is, and we're here to help you find him. Welcome to The Contenders, the show about the movies made by and starring women who refuse to play by the rules. I am Tobin Addington.
2: And I'm Aislinn Addington. And today we are joined by Shanna Thomas. Um, hello, Shanna. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Um, Shanna is a fifth-year senior... At the school that I work at, I'm an ASL studies major, and then my minor is special education, rehabilitation counseling.
0: Very cool.
2: Love it. Because at our school, you have to have a minor. I don't know if that was your experience, Tobin, but
0: no, no, I don't think it was. We were we were heavily encouraged to, but your students are forced to. That's good. I think that's good.
2: It <laughs> <laughs> diversifies the, diversifies
0: your um you know your education. That's great.
3: Yeah, it took me five years to
2: finish. It's fine.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. It makes makes for a fifth year, I guess. Yeah.
2: (laughs) But that was great because that means we got to keep her a little bit longer. And I have interacted with Shanna at um, a Black Student Union meeting. Mm -hmm. I don't think she remembers. That's fine. Um, as well as recently at a um, queer people of color panel. Mm-hmm. And as a, she also works as an ambassador, which is the fancy word we have for tour guides. Yes. On campus. <laughs> so, She's moving, she's shaking, she's making changes. <laughs> yeah, good. And I thought um, she would be a great addition to this conversation today. So thank you so much for joining us, Shannon. We appreciate it. Thank you for having
0: yeah, me. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, today we're going to talk about, this is the first time we're talking at a, about a movie that has just been released. Today we're talking about A Wrinkle in Time from just... Not that long ago, a couple days ago yeah. or weeks ago by the time you, you hear this episode. So, yeah, this is one that we put on our schedule right away, sort of with a, a, knowing that it was coming out, sort of in, in anticipation. And, um, yeah, I'm excited, uh, excited to sort of uh, get into it.
2: So, Tobin, you said, which is true, it was on our schedule from the beginning. Can you uh, tell me why that was important to you? <laughs>
0: so, Yes, sure. I guess. Yeah. For me personally, uh, a couple of reasons. One, because I went to film school with the writer of this movie or one of the two credited writers, Jennifer Lee, who we'll talk about later on, I'm sure, um, who also wrote uh, a little movie you might have heard of called Frozen, which she also co-directed and won an Oscar for. Um, and so I I know Jenna, we were in school together for five years, and so I was, I've always keeping tabs on her and excited for her work coming out. And then the second reason is because I had just read this book to my son um, a year ago, I think, before I knew the, the movie was coming out. So it was sort of fresh in my head that way. And then the idea that I, I'm a big Ava DuVernay fan. And so I was excited for it that way. Were you, were you guys like how, what, when in the process of this movie coming out, had you, did you first hear about it? When did it come into your consciousness?
3: For me, um, I actually didn't hear a lot about it until people started talking about Black Panther. And then people got mm. excited about the fact that there was another major movie coming out that was directed by a black woman. And so that's when I started really paying attention to it. And then I saw who the Storm Reed who is um, mm-hmm. made, right? Yeah. And she I just saw her and I saw her hair and I saw like I just Mm -hmm. saw all of it. And I was like, as soon as that's out, like I'm going and seeing it. Like I was just so excited (laughs) because of like everyone keeps talking about like how excited they were about Oprah being in it. But I like was looking at this (laughs) young girl and I was like, that's why I want to see it. Like that's honestly that was my first like, yes, that's why I want to see it just from her own picture. I was very excited about it.
2: I think mine is the shallowest and <laughs> I'll, I'll own that. Um, so I didn't have a, a background in the book and I've come to learn that some people read it in school. Like for some people oh. it's like, oh yeah, I had to read that once or twice in school and and that was not the case um, for me. So I wasn't familiar with it from that. Me either. But then I, I think, honestly, I'm so sorry. I think it was when Mindy Kaling... Um, Pregnancy was announced (laughs) (laughs) that something about Oprah sort of outed her pregnancy. So I was like, Oprah, and Mindy Kaling, what? what?" And I dug a little deeper. I was like, oh, and then I started because then it then it was it got, I think, the full Disney little teaser, little teaser, trailer, trailer. And so I started following it for that because I thought a room with Oprah, Reese Witherspoon and Mindy (laughs) Kaling in it of those people. I guess I feel closest to Mindy Kaling uh, having read both of her sort of memoir books. I feel like I'm a little bit more in her head mm-hmm. than in the other two. So I, you know, putting myself in that situation, like, whoa, why are these people in a room and why am I not there? Um, <laughs> because I don't think I'll ever be able to be in a room with Oprah, but we can hope. <laughs> um, and so then I, st- and I, I apologize to lifelong fans of it. I started the book. I was not able to finish the book um, before I went to see the movie, life came up and it it got a little bit lower on the mm-hmm. list. So I read the first half of the book, which Tobin can tell you is not uncommon for me. <laughs> I love a good half life of is book, littered with the
0: first half of books. Yeah, <laughs> it
2: is. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, I'm in a safe space to disclose that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's um, like I said, the um, the shallowest version. But um, but I I got excited quickly.
3: Well, at least you read half of it. I didn't even, I haven't even read the book. It wasn't a required thing that I had to read or anything. And I also didn't know that this book is actually kind of old. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. It's 1962.
0: It's, yeah.
3: Yeah. And so I mm-hmm. never really got, like, I never really knew about it until the movie. And everyone was buying these books. And I was like, there's a series? What's happening? So, <laughs> yeah.
0: It's an odd book, uh, and and I, m- my son, I think was maybe a little too young for it. Although he kept wanting to hear the next chapter, so he he didn't mm-hmm. ever want to stop. And there are other books that he's like Iceland has given up on halfway through for for a variety of reasons, Um <laughs> <laughs> to influence. Um, but this one given up is This one is this one is um uh, no I to be fair I do it too, <laughs> I'm the same way. But this is it's a it's a yeah I don't know how else to describe it. It's a the the questions that. They this movie raises that it doesn't answer are often the same ones that the book raises and or is not interested in answering. And it comes at things kind of obliquely. And I found I don't know if you agree or not, but it comes at an odd angle to, to character and motivation and story in, in kind of an unusual way. And yet, there's something I found something sort of intoxicating about the book. And underneath it all is the story of this young woman, this girl going to save her father, which I think is a, a, a part of its power and, and translates really well.
2: So Tobin, do you have uh, two bits of film history for us for A Wrinkle in Time?
0: Yes. Yes. Two very short two bits because I want to get to talking about the movie. The first is that, and this has been widely reported, uh, so it's sort of not news, but I think it's definitely for for the purposes of this conversation and our show, this is a key detail. This is the first nine-digit budget movie. This is the first $100 million plus budgeted movie directed by a woman of color, and I think that that's... Film has been around for 130 years, right? Yeah. Features have been around for over 100 years now, and and it, I guess it's I'm not surprised, but I'm or I mean, I'm not shocked, but I'm sort of surprised in some way. I'm not sure, but I, I think that's a that's a key detail to this movie, and I think plays into both the movie and in some cases the reaction to the movie, mm-hmm. which I which I hope we'll get to talk about. Um, and the second bit is that the it's just a little bit of production history. So Disney um, got the rights in. Uh, 2010, or maybe they renewed them uh, in 2010. And they had a writer, Jeff Stockwell, the other writer who's credited on the movie, wrote the first draft of the script. And then Disney wanted to move forward with it, but wasn't in love with the script apparently, or it needed a new take. And so in 2014, they hired Jen who, um, of course, is from uh, yeah, yeah, as I said before, is frozen, frozen, of frozen fame. Uh, <laughs> and um, Jen had worked on. I remember back when we were in film school, worked on a movie about a physicist, a family drama that revolved around physics and a physicist. And it was, so it was really cool to see some of that stuff sort of show up in oh, the movie. Oh, it's a good fit. Yeah, it's a great fit. You can really see where, where it sort of, I think, where it fit for her. And so then four years later, this is how long these things take place, like how long it takes to make these movies, right? Like she, she I was hired to write the script in 2014, probably has it done within a year. And then it's, you know, three years later and we get the movie. And so there we are. Those are our two bits for, uh, for a wrinkle in Time. <laughs>
2: Awesome. So since we've already um, named some people, can we name some more, rename them, name them again, name them some more. So for a wrinkle in time, we have director Ava DuVernay, writers Jennifer Lee. And Jeff Stockwell?
0: He doesn't get a ding, but... He doesn't get a
1: ding, not, right? Not, I, was, not, I because
0: was him. To win it. not because of not because Just because we, we, we we're dinging the women in, in major roles here. Yep.
2: Love it. I was going to make a, I was gonna make a <laughs> ding the dong book. <laughs>
0: yeah, we don't, we don't ding the dong. We don't ding the dong here. Yep.
2: Okay. And then uh, lead actor, we have Storm Reed, And then a few others to mention.
0: Yeah, let's mention them.
2: You gotta mention Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to mention Reese Witherspoon.
0: You got to. You're
2: going to mention Mindy Kaling. And going to mention Google Mbada-Ra. What a cast. What a cast. Yeah, yeah. And it, correct me if I'm ever wrong, Tobin. <laughs> never, <but> never. <laughs> isn't, isn't Beyond the Lights somewhere on our list yes. to stew? Yes, yes, so yes. that was, I mean, I she's so captivating.
0: Okay. Yeah. And yeah. then mm-hmm. um, also producer Catherine Hand. That's the most dings we've gotten to have on the show.
2: <laughs> and one of them is Oprah. And one of them is Oprah, who really deserved like a gong or
0: something instead of a ding. But, you know, we'll we'll do that another time. <laughs>
2: Tobin, can you give us, please, the briefest of plot summaries?
0: Briefest plot summary. Adapted from the 1962 novel, A Wrinkle in Time is the story of Meg Murray, a picked-on, self-doubting tween whose scientist father disappeared four years ago while searching for a way to travel across the universe using only his mind. Meg, joined by her eerily- prescient younger brother Charles Wallace and a friend from school named Calvin, sets out to find her father with the aid of three mysterious beings, Mrs. Witch, Mrs. What's-It, and Mrs. Who. Meg eventually finds her father on an evil universe-destroying planet called Kamazots, where she almost loses Charles Wallace to the darkness before tapping into her own power, the power of love, to bring everyone home and restore order to the universe. So that's the in a nutshell, uh, <laughs> the, the, the plot of this movie. I'd kind of like to start if we could. Th- there's there's been a lot written about and talked about this movie. You know, in, there, there's like three stages as I see it. There's the hype. There was the initial reaction to the movie, both from critics and from audiences, I guess, and then there's the reaction to the reaction. There's been sort of, I think a, a, mm-hmm. a, and that I I only saw the movie last night, so I sort of had been through all three waves of that before I saw the movie. But I'm curious, as a movie, sort of aside from all the other sort of stuff, what did you guys think of this as a movie? I thought it was gorgeous to look at
2: mm-hmm. the Yeah, definitely, that was is really really pretty to watch the the scope. Um, particularly I'm thinking of the the first time that they um I would say wiggle through the plains <laughs> yeah. of existence into the that just vast countryside and you and you see I guess you'd you'd see it in the beans in their backyard, but this, you know, kind of in their full mm-hmm. glory and just the the lights and the um I don't know, freshness is not a word in that but no, you know no. what I mean? Like I I, I felt outside. Yeah. And so I, I do think in the world building way, uh, visually, I think they did a stunning job. You know, I got to love a, a evil little kid who doesn't. That actually really
3: scared me. Like, I was really impressed with that kid's acting. Like, he's, mm-hmm. he scared me. I was like, and you, how old was he? Like, as an
2: actor, yeah. I don't even know. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. I don't know. We. I can I can look it up. But that thanks for saying that too, Shanna. The other thing that you and I just spoke for 30 seconds about the movie in passing earlier this week. And um and so I think visually stunning. I think the chemistry mm-hmm. between I mean, absolutely the little between the chemistry was off the mm-hmm. charts. But also between Meg and Charles Wallace, mm-hmm. that really like that relationship had to be amazing. Mm-hmm as well as the, just, just the, the Reese and and Zach Galifianakis in one scene, Mm -hmm. right. Was so, I just, I, I could feel the strings of, of the relationships between the people, um, in a way that, that was striking for me.
3: Yeah, I totally agree with that, especially just because, I'm a very empathetic person. Like, it's really intense for me at times. Mm -hmm. And so throughout that entire movie, I was just feeling all of it. And I Mm -hmm. felt movies in the past like that have struck my heart in some way. But the chemistry within those kids and how it just it made me honestly happy that they showed kids could have that strong of feelings. Like sometimes Mm. I feel like people are constantly saying kids don't know enough about life. They're not old enough to understand different feelings and all these things. And just watching all that chemistry between these three young kids who are actors with that much chemistry and, that beautiful just of how they were acting i was like that's huge i think that's really important to recognize
0: at its best this movie is immersive in the the way that the characters are relating to one another there's a there's a quality that to jen's writing she writes about love, about loving relationships, very convincingly, I think. And so often, I am with them together, and their and their bond yeah. feels so strong. The part where it, it, I think it's at its best for me is when, uh, or maybe not best, but it's most striking, uh, is when Meg finally finds her father. Oh God! Like that scene, <laughs> it, it, and also this. This becomes the Chris Pine appreciation podcast.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it has been. Has,
0: oh, goodness! Yeah, our, our, our ongoing, this is a throughline in our in our show, but he he really invests in that moment and doesn't doesn't seem to be talking or playing down to us or to or to Meg. And I think that's a really powerful thing in this movie that that, that the characters feel that, that Ava DuVernay and Jen allow the characters the dignity of having this this full, rich emotional life. And I think that that's I think that's a great thing.
2: And I think for me with. Without that, without the combination of the way it's written, the way it's directed, and the way that the characters, particularly the children, but but the or the actors, excuse me, um, play Mm it, without any of those components, honestly, I don't know that the story would stick with Mm me. Mm -hmm. It's it is a little Mm -hmm. out there. Yeah, you know, it. I I without. I mean, I'm sure you could say this about any story, but like without caring about the people. Yep. It doesn't, I'm not tethered to this beautiful world, but they, they kept me tethered to it. I agree.
0: Yeah, that's true in the book too. I think uh, I have to also second some of your points, Iceland, about the world building. I love the flower scene when they they arrive oh. on the first it's the first mm-hmm. planet they go to. Right, that they they, they yeah. travel to this planet and there are these flowers that lift out of the ground and and fly around. I saw this in three oh. I knew Iceland. I knew you wouldn't. So I thought, and I wasn't sure if Shanna yeah. would. So I thought one of us better see it in three D. And that scene, that scene in particular was gorgeous in the 3D and people have gotten on this movie a little bit some of the reaction to it critically has has dogged the use of CGI it feels like it just yes. which it was just crazy because like it's 2018 and fo- show me a movie that's a big sci-fi movie that does not have a bunch of CGI in it like and that aside from how beautiful And also it it's a,
2: looks. it's a children's yes, yes, story yes, yes, yes. too. I think that that should lend itself to fantastical can we also Visuals. talk about the fact that people loved Avatar?
3: Yes. And how yeah. much <laughs> that was. Like, I'm sorry, back up here. Yeah, yeah. They literally, all that, the entire movie. Like yeah. that actually really gets underneath my skin. That's ridiculous. And yeah. people are criticizing it that badly.
0: Yeah, I, I think it makes no sense to me. And I, I was sort of knew that going in, like I knew this had been some of the criticism. And I think the effects in this movie are spectacular. And even See, and, 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 and uh, all the way I mean, down to, I mean, as you've said, the costumes are gorgeous. The makeup work. Look, there's some some people that talk about how there's just too much of it. And I, I think that's completely wrong. This movie needed to go big in those areas and make that kind mm-hmm. of visual statement. And I yes. and I think that there's real power in that in every in every section of this of the movie that we're in. Once we're off Earth, especially, I don't fault it at all for that. In fact, I think it's using those tools really well.
2: Yeah, I agree. And I, Shanna, I just have to say, you are welcome back anytime. Because not only have we appreciated Chris Pine, but you've also shit on Avatar <laughs> a little bit. And. <laughs> That is something I try to do on every episode.
0: So, uh, yeah, you're in real good company here on both those. Both those counts.
3: I would gladly come back anytime. This is so much fun.
2: <laughs> we, so we've gotten off Earth. Can I? Can we come back yes. real quick? Having read the first half of the book, which is w- where Dr. Murray, the mother, Dr. Right. Murray, mm-hmm. is. And I wanted to also give. I guess we're going to give Jen, the writer, more props for that. To of referring to her as Doctor yeah, Murray, right, right, um, throughout where IMDb refers to her as Mrs. Murray, it <laughs> does refer to the dad as Mr. Murray. So I'll, I'll give them both that way. But that I can I can think of three different times when they said the doctor's Murray mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. gave her her full credential and her full partnership in the science right, of it. Right. And that was something that the the book had, and there was in the, speaking of backlash and things that, um, or commentary, I guess I read a little, um, Twitter thread. Yeah. Is that the right yeah. term? Y'all Twitter thread. Okay. <laughs> About the fans of the book missing the, um, component of, uh, Dr. Murray making stew with a Bunsen burner because her physics lab was next to her kitchen.
1: Hmm.
2: And that that was something that had been in iterations of it. And then, didn't make the final cut. And I believe it was Jen who said, Oh, that was a hard one to cut. But it was sort of more important to bring out the the science part. And we yeah. you know, and why not why wouldn't they just get takeout?
1: You know, <laughs> right, it, right, it, again right. in
2: advancing it from nineteen sixty two to twenty eighteen. Exactly, exactly. Dr. Murray's busy Let's just get takeout. And I, I thought, sure, if I was a huge fan of the book, that might have been a detail I would have missed as well. But I thought that was a beautiful response mm-hmm. and also gave the present Dr. Murray <laughs> versus the absent Dr. Murray a little more uh, credibility. And I liked
0: that. Yeah. For me, the the I'm curious to what you guys think of this opening earth section where we get the initial sort of scene where, where they're anticipating the arrival of Charles Wallace. And you get this father, uh, daughter, mother scene and then cut ahead. And he's and he's been gone for four years and she goes to school and she gets in some trouble and she hits this girl in the face with the basketball. And like, is this and how is this is this how does this stack up for you guys in terms of the, of the rest of the movie?
3: I feel like for me, the biggest thing that stood out to me was the importance. It it might seem small to some people, but how much emphasis was on her hair. Um, Mm -hmm. And how, like, as soon as Calvin was like, I like your hair. And she was like, what? No, like, honestly hated the fact that he even said that. And then as the movie was progressing and when he got to another point of like, I like your hair, she was like, thank you. I... And for some people that might not seem like a huge deal, but uh, try not to get emotional here. But Mm -hmm. for a a girl who (sighs) personally has gone through hating her hair and going through middle school and high school and constantly straightening it, I completely damaged my hair completely mm-hmm. damaged it and it wasn't until I had shaved all my hair off for St. Baldrick's at Western and after that I was like I love my hair I love the texture and I've kept it short ever since but it was just so important for me that they talked about that with her because mm-hmm. it was a beautiful moment of just god I wish when I was 13 years old I had the opportunity to see this movie mm-hmm, and have mm-hmm. that impact of Your hair is beautiful. You don't have to change it because you're not having straight hair like the 90 percent of white girls that you see constantly in your school. And so a lot of people don't think that was a big deal, maybe. But like for me, that hit home and it was just so awesome to see them just embrace that of her natural hair. And it was just I loved it so much.
2: That's interesting. It stood out to me as well, obviously differently experience wise. Mm -hmm. But um, I have shown the documentary Good Hair in classes that I've taught,
1: Mm -hmm.
2: especially in Kansas, (laughs) (laughs) where, you know, for some people it had never been discussed. Um, But so and, and I'm so I'm I'm wondering specifically, Shanna, how you react to my reaction. But the first time he said something it made me a little uncomfortable. Oh, cause I was yeah. like, Oh, it like, what does he mean? Or what? Oh, but he doesn't know her. Yeah. And then as he knew her better and said it again, it, the meaning changed for, yeah. you know, for me. And I, I, I think through her response and their relationship. Um, so at first I, it was a little like, Oh, and I, I it wasn't that I was concerned that the movie was going mm-hmm. to be disrespectful, but I was like, You know, having read the first half of the book, that wasn't a component of it. So I was like, what are they going to do to Calvin here? I totally get where you're coming from, too, just because
3: when he first said it, I just instantly I wanted to know Meg's reaction. Mm -hmm. And I and I knew she was going to react that way. And that's what. I just, I loved about it. I was like, oh my gosh, this movie is going to progress on her accepting all of her beautifulness. And I just got so excited about it. And so, and sometimes I feel like as, how do I word this? Um, Like for your reaction, it might have felt like that just because as you're going through life and how much we're like hey can you please like stop touching my hair all the time or you don't need to ask to touch my hair right. like that kind <laughs> of stuff and so automatically I think I it doesn't surprise me that was your reaction because of how much we're claiming back our hair and wanting our hair for ourselves mm-hmm. but for me I instantly was just like she's not she's gonna react like no it's not great and then I'm really hoping as the movie goes along she realizes how beautiful she is and her hair is so
2: but yeah the other part, just real quick of the, of the that first section to mm-hmm. answer your question, Tobin, because it was a slow burn for me, knowing that we were going to get five story tall Oprah. Yeah. <laughs> I was sort of like, all right, what are we doing? How are we finding it? And because the book does take place in such a different time, I think that there was a, some of that was needed to set us up and how we are going to tell this story. But the other part that I appreciated very much was the, the interchange when she gets in trouble at school of Charles Wallace as a tiny kid, but mm-hmm. very studious, overhearing adults yes. and then standing up for his sister. And yeah. as as someone who feels very close to their oh. sibling, <laughs> um, oh. that connected me right away to their relationship right. of it doesn't matter who's older. It doesn't matter who what they uh, genders or ethnicities are, and you know that these these two are mm-hmm. a team,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and it, it it changed the dynamic a little bit. The way it's described in the book with Charles Wallace was that he didn't speak right for a very long time oh. to the point that there was there were assumptions made in the school and in the town that he had mm-hmm. cognitive delays, and that that wasn't it. He he was this very prescient being, but just didn't speak to people that it didn't matter to speak to. And so I I think they, I think they interpreted that nicely Mm -hmm. um, for this version of it, but that, that making that rock solid connection between the two of them that Calvin observes. I liked the beginning for that moment. What did you think Tobin?
0: I agree with all the things that you all are saying. I think that, it's a testament to a movie made by so many women that mm-hmm. we are getting a, a depth of and and the specificity of this character's this character character being meg of her experience at this time in her life in this place and the and the bond that the, the, these siblings have the thing i did the part that didn't work for me here was the part with the with any character who was quote unquote mean I'm thinking specifically about the mean girl, Mm -hmm. which felt more like a caricature than so many of the other characters – in the movie, it felt a little easy and I don't know if that's in the performance or in the, the writing or what but that, you know, that's where the movie began to feel a little it, I don't think it was sort of firing all cylinders when it was dealing with that character and then as the movie goes along I'm told, I, I love Storm Reed in this movie, I think she's magical in this movie she can hold a close up like very few adult actors can and you see her thinking and you see mm-hmm. her feeling and we are allowed to see see it in the way that she is framed but we are told that she is having a really rough time and has like has been in other fights or something i i got i was i felt like i was being told a lot that she was a real rebel but i I didn't really see that i saw her i saw her sort of like she gets you know sort of you know, brutally insulted and she throws a basketball at a girl like that doesn't add up to me as, as a, as troubled. And I sort of wish I had felt that a little more If these, these early scenes had dealt, had demonstrated that a little bit more. I might've then felt her, her, a little bit differently about her arc as it went along, which as I say has nothing to do with her performance. Cause I think her performance is is firing on all cylinders, but that there's something in the way that the characters presented at the beginning. Then when I was told, Oh, you've been having all this, you're so rebellious, you've been having all this trouble. And I think, well, I don't, that wasn't my impression of her when I, when I had met her in this movie, she did not seem to be like, (laughs) you know, rebel without a cause here, but maybe, but I'm also like, I'm a, I'm a man I'm I'm I didn't I had a different experience of adolescence and I I don't know how I'm trying not to sort of knock the movie for not having my experience. Right. Like I so I don't I don't know. But I did I did feel in those moments, the movie felt more like a movie in those moments and less like I was just sort of experiencing the life of these characters.
3: I feel like how you just described all of that is when all that was happening, what I thought about is how constantly when kids are being picked on and then they fight back, they're instantly the ones being mm, called mm, troublemakers mm. and all those other things. And so when they were doing that, I was like, "Oh, they're giving a good representation of how when children are constantly bullied and they finally stick up for themselves, they're the ones who are kicked out of the school. They're the ones who are suspended. They're not mm the true ones who were antagonizing them and bullying them are not the ones who are getting punished. And so it was just a moment of like, Oh yeah, here we go. Another one who finally stood up for themselves, but they're going to be the ones who are kicked out of school or get in trouble. And then they are the, like, and then it was interesting when they went to the scene with her mom and her mom was like, you're going to write an apology letter to (laughs) that girl. And I, I, I found it very interesting that we constantly keep telling kids that they have to apologize Mm -hmm, for sticking mm -hmm. up for themselves when they're being put down. And so I thought that was just a way to be like, this is still happening and it's real. So pay
2: attention to
0: it. That's a good point. That's a good point.
2: I took it as in a kind of a similar to, to um, add a tangent to your thought that the narrative of, well, you should have known better. Yep. That I, I think the antagonized get, Often, well, you know, you don't listen to them or don't do this, and and yeah, would throwing a basketball at someone's face not ideal? But you know, if everyone had the full context, like like you say, Shanna, that that mm-hmm. Meg is not the problem, yeah, and that I wonder uh, again a little bit from the thinking about the book that it, I don't know, troubled so much as not you know not demonstrating the potential mm-hmm. people assume mm-hmm. of her was sort of where I I didn't. I don't know. I I guess it just speaks to it being a little bit unclear. I didn't I didn't interpret mm. the same thing as Tobin, but it was also I just wanted to get I just wanted to get on with it at that point. <laughs> at that point. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know. It, it it you know and, and it may maybe too the the performance of the actor who's playing the mean girl like she it just sort of felt a little stagey that may be what it is that felt a little stagey whereas I'm right there with Meg and yeah so I don't know because I, I love that scene with her mom I mean I felt bad about yeah. it, you know but I mean they're they're as her mom's trying to negotiate how to raise these kids and and also being a parent like I'm I'm you know I'm, I'm feeling yeah. that moment too is you know my kids aren't that old but I'm like how do you how do you you know how do you navigate? Navigate that and make them and let them allow them to stand up for themselves, and yet also sort of ah, that's hard, that, that's just hard. So, I but I agree the movie, then really, I for me begins to kick in as our um beings show up, yes. as our three glorious beings show up. Did you guys have a favorite of the three of them?
2: Oh, that's um. No, because as I try to answer that question, <laughs> I circulate through. I think, um, what movie were we? Oh, when we talked, when we spoke of Wonder Woman and the way that um, Wonder Woman in, in that feature was allowed <laughs> to be naive without being stupid, that she was resourceful, mm-hmm. thoughtful, wise, even, but naive of the world. I felt like there was um, a similar. Grace with which Reese Witherspoon tackled that because yeah. she, she could have so easily been cloying to me. I could have been super annoyed at that being, but um, I think the way that, that she delivered it with, with that humor and that, um, yes. you know, and, and, and in, and well, in the end, you know, she had always believed in her. It was just, and, th- and that's um, <laughs> the, the beings. It brings us to this, but something I had written down that I want to talk about was the, how, how big of a part language plays. So, mm-hmm. you know, Reese has her very specific way of talking with and not putting down, but a little bit antagonizing the, the kids. Uh, mm-hmm. And then you have mm-hmm. the Mindy in the book. That was my least favorite character of the beings oh. was the Mindy Kaling quotes on a page one. I didn't get it. Mm-hmm. And I, I it played better for me in the in this visually then in my own imagination failed me. But how do you not pick Oprah? I don't know. Shannon. what do you think? <laughs> I honestly,
3: I really enjoyed race. Mm-hmm. I, her humor was just so good and how much she was just rude. But it was mm-hmm. like humor rude. I don't know how to explain it. I just enjoyed her, how she took on that role. And especially when they went and met, oh, I forgot his name but that how happy much medium? yes and how you could see how instantly her whole body language and how she mm-hmm. was doing mm-hmm. her persona just changed and so i just loved the fact that she was able to do that so well and i could get a different side of her i just really liked it so i, I honestly i think she was my favorite call me mrs
2: what's it?
0: mrs who Mrs. What's It?
2: Mrs. Who is, she's like a billion years older and way more knowledgeable.
3: What can I do for you, Mrs. What's It? I caught her stealing sheets, guys. She's harmless. You're six. Come on, what do you know about harmless? Have I ever been wrong? Well, one of these days you might be Charles Wallace. Oh, I highly doubt that. He's one of the greatest minds in recent history. He's prodigious. But of course, we can't take any credit for our talents. It's how we use them that counts.
0: Yeah, she was my favorite too. I the, they're all great and they and they all uh, sort of they, they embody different things and they're and they're as we said before, they're costumes beautifully and yes. makeup beautifully and their hair is beautiful. I mean, they're just I, don't know, I was wanna say like confections, but that doesn't give them mm-hmm. weight, right? But there's something sort of gloriously light and also solid about mm-hmm. them. I'm not I'm not being very very articulate with it. But Reese was by far my favorite. Like every time she was on screen, I just wanted I wanted more of her. And I think that she she's been and and we I hope we'll talk a lot more about Reese Witherspoon as our as the show, as our podcast goes along, because she's especially in the last 5 years or so as she's sort of taken taking control of her it feels as though from the outside she's taken control of her career in a different way yes. as she's produced all you know some everything from from Wild and Gone Girl to Big Little Lies like she's really she has carved out a niche for herself and knows what she does well and one of the things she does yeah. well is is exactly this as you're saying Island to not be cloying but to but to also she's treating these kids as people mm-hmm. she's not treating yep. them as, as she's not talking down to them she's not treating them as kids you know, we haven't really talked about too much about how this movie is for kids and that's something that gets brought up in the reaction to the reaction to this movie a lot like people say look this is we we you have to sort of think about this movie a little bit differently and that it is this isn't and, and i don't mean that in a in a derogatory way that this movie is for kids but like as you're saying you're being rude to them like she's being rude to them you know b- because she's just like well we got to get going like this is what like it's just yeah, what, what it is, because they're you know? humans because they're humans yeah. right 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 which is great which is great i think i think she's wonderful in this movie
3: I think um, when you were discussing how she was taking back like her role of what she wants to do in her life. I don't know if you've seen her speech when she did a speech at Glamour. I think it's called Glamour. It's a magazine or something. um, But she gave a speech about just the fact that she was tired of seeing roles of women being like, what do we do now Mm -hmm. in movies? And she was sick of it. And so she decided to make her own set up and was just like, okay, I'm going to start going through and finding scripts that we find are powerful for women and roles. Because she's like, I'm sorry, but no woman in this world ever goes, what should we do now? Like, they are always (laughs) the front thinkers. They're always trying to get things done. And so she was over it. She was ready to take on what she wanted to take on. And I think it's really important to recognize... Like, honestly, like how powerful this movie was because of their powerful characters and the powerful actors that they chose to be in this movie. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why it was such a huge part for young women and
2: children to go see this movie because they saw the powerfulness from these women. As we've been talking about them, I've been picturing the very scenes where you see. All three of them, and there was a moment yep. that I loved, but I loved because it took me out of the movie. With the first time Oprah materializes and <laughs> is five stories tall, and and I think you know Reese's character or as Charles Wallace, I forget which, says something about you're the wrong size or you came out too big or whatever, and she and she's nice yep. making like, is there a wrong size? And <laughs> I I don't have a regular TV. I I stream everything. And so on mm. Hulu for a while, every commercial break had an Oprah Weight Watchers commercial. <laughs>
1: <And> like, <laughs> I mean, without, fail. You know,
2: <laughs> and I'm making absolutely no, no judgment about that other than that. I have heard Oprah talk about bread many, many, many times. And so to hear then her say, is there a wrong size? I was like, absolutely not, <laughs> Oprah. You go. You <laughs> do like you do you. <laughs> There is no wrong size. And it was delightful, oh, but amazing. not
0: for the reasons it probably was supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're smart enough to know they're playing with that. It's the, it's the same as the hair thing, right? That this this movie is is so much. Uh, there, there's a lot of affirmation going on in this yes. movie, and mm-hmm. I. Th- and I think that's great. I think that's that's part of the power again for, especially for young people who are forming their self conception at Storm's age, uh, or the character Meg's age. I think that that's that's a powerful thing. And I, yeah, we all we all get that. There's like a third meta level to it, right? Mm-hmm. That where we know oh, sort of Oprah's sort of other public per, per, uh, sort of personas. But I think mm-hmm. that that's and, and that can't be not by design. I right. think with this with yeah. this movie.
2: Can I I have a question? Can we move forward a little bit? Um we've talked about how many of the characters work for us. What about the villain? What about the the evil presence? Did that did that work for y'all? It worked for me because Char- Charles Wallace was just
3: so I like I already said before, he terrified me. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what it is about young children and (laughs) taking Uh on this force of creepiness, but it was just so terrifying. And I think what was terrifying about it is because they did such a great job of showing that all this darkness that people can build up inside themselves could create that. That's -hmm. what scared me because it honestly made it like more of a reality. Like, Mm -hmm. if I constantly put that much darkness inside of me of myself, like what becomes of me. And so mm-hmm. I think that mm-hmm. was what made me so scared about it because it wasn't just, I don't know, let's go with clowns because I'm terrified of clowns. Absolutely <laughs> them. It was really like, this is something that happens in your daily life that you could bring on all this darkness constantly in your life because it's day to day things. And I think that's what made it so scary for me and why I love the villain because it, was more of reality
0: for me. Isa, what did you think? You're, is your, I turned the question back to you. I'm curious. <laughs> Sounds like you have a thought.
2: I have a I have a couple. I having not finished the book. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't exactly sure how we, how we were going to get Charles Wallace back, and the both in the construction of this evil force that um, seemed to need a face and that face became Charles Wallace so in 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 that way and and the way people spoke about it so particularly i'm thinking of oprah talking about you know each thought each iteration of negativity mm-hmm. compounds it very much reminded me of a of a, like a Buffy the Vampire Slayer style villain, really like a big bad for the end of the season, and mm-hmm. and in fact the, the season, the final season of the show, you know the it is they called the it's the first is what they're fighting, and it was the first evil ever that comes in different forms now and is em, embodied in different ways. Interesting. So that the face of it. Can be your neighbor, can be you in a bad moment, but that lightness needs to outshine that. And and of course, the the way that they do that is very different. But it felt also having an evil little kid also felt. <laughs> so it, it in that sense, it I don't know if it felt older than tw- like some of it had ideas I had seen pre you know previously. Yeah, but the what what was so interesting to me was then having chris pine involved in all that and like that chris pine again wanted to make the wrong choice mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like leave him it's cool let's go back together i've been here for you know it feels like a thousand years and i just want to go home and so that part i think was the most i don't know innovating is the right Innovative is the right word, but novel, I guess. So these we've been with these children, and things have gone right, and things have gone wrong, and then again, an adult is not understanding the full right. picture and needs to be dragged back. Right. Yeah, I, right. I, I honestly, I loved that <laughs> the fact that I this you know that's what i I do too. Was like
3: I again, this adult is going to make the wrong choice, and I love the uh-huh. fact that this child, that this young person was just like, no, that's wrong. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go this way. Like Mm -hmm. in a time right now as many things are happening in our world and just watching young people take control of what they feel like Mm -hmm. needs to happen. I loved seeing Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. I was like this, like Mm -hmm. we can learn so much from our parents. I constantly learn from my mother. My mother is by like my biggest role model in my life, but I've always learned from her that I'm going to make my own mistakes. I'm going to go my own way. So as much as I can learn from her, like there are times that I'm going to choose something that could be better than her choice and i think that's really important mm-hmm. to recognize that like young people have honestly they're, they're smart they're intelligent they're not just yeah. mm-hmm. human beings who would like don't have enough life in them as they always say the older you get the more wiser you become which i don't
2: know if that's necessarily true
3: right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> or the, or the way we talk a lot and this happens a lot in higher education as well as i'm sure in grade and uh, elementary and high school as well but that um well, your brains aren't formed yet yes. like that's not the yeah. so big to talk about that. <laughs> and i don't have the right words i've heard people use the right words i don't have them with me tonight i apologize but like that's not <laughs> not what it is so that yeah i think meg has the clarity yes yes that yes her dad doesn't have yes. in that moment and and for me, this was like, okay, this is the second time this guy has done this. Because when he was in his little garage workshop and the walls started moving, he easily could have gone inside and said, "Yeah, hey all, hey Guess Dr. What? <laughs> Murray, we did it. Yep. Yeah, yep, yep. 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 it out. Mm-hmm. Come do this with me, or let's whatever they were going to do." But instead, he walked through it. Which I understand. Had that been my life's work, I would have probably wanted to do the same thing. But we're all here because you. Made a selfish choice, and now you want to make a selfish choice getting out of it. And so I, I sort of loved him failing in that way, yes. so that um, Meg could have that clarity. But then also the forgiveness of it, mm-hmm. I thought was so beautiful as well. And and you know I always like driving home thinking about well what happened the next day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, after you know after a movie ends, and that they're going to need to work through some of that yeah. because yeah. I loved the forgiveness, but still that was.
3: Ooh. yeah yeah but that was a part in the movie at the end where i cried again because it was straight up like i messed up i left you and i was mm-hmm. selfish and i put my own desires in front of everything and it just it made me cry <laughs>
0: Yeah, clarity is the w- word I had written down like three times at the, in the course of the movie. That the especially at the end, where, where, where so I'm glad you said it because <laughs> I that was on the, it was it was in my notes. In clarity of vision, clarity of morality, he, and I think I think that moment, the idea that that they're like that her dad is so is so helpless is uh, mm-hmm. uh, is great through the whole story. I for me the ending I was influenced by having read the book. And I don't remember a lot about the ending, but I remember two things very, very strongly. And I'm not the sort of person, in, although I'm going to sort of be this person now, but in <laughs> general, I don't think of myself as the kind of person who's like, well, the, the book did this, and the movie didn't. So, you know, yeah, like, right. you, have, you have to change the thing. The thing has to change into a different medium. But there are two things that I think could have played differently in the movie that I'm, I'm sort of curious why they didn't include. One is that there's a, a big bad at the end of the movie at the end of the book that is sort of the red character in this, the Michael Pena character, yeah. except that he's sit he's okay. sitting on this throne and he's in this like, this like chamber. It feels more like um, if you've seen the recent star Wars movies, like Snoke, my memory of it is more mm. Snoke like it's an old, like an old man and he can like get in your brain. And Meg realizes sort of like through telepathy that maybe it's, he's, he's just actually a conduit for this like planet that he's on. He's just sort of the figurehead for this planet. But it's this terrifying kind of thing of these kids in front of this authority figure, right, who is, you know, not sort of quite as goofy, maybe, as the Michael Peña character is. And then the other thing is that when Charles Wallace, Charles Wallace thinks that he can defeat it. And he, when it is taking him over, there's this big struggle he has in that moment of like Meg saying, don't like, don't give in. And he's like, no, but I, I can handle this. And he almost does. Mm. He comes so close to defeating it before it takes him over. And I think if we had seen that struggle prior to him being just sort it. of taken over it would have I would have and, and the other because the other thing is that the other person the person who almost saves him in that moment is calvin who kind of doesn't have a lot to do in the really? last part of this movie which is not necessarily a bad thing but 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 he did – he had a purpose that sort of came out of nowhere a little bit in the book that I think the ending of this movie could have used used a little bit of. But I uh, – you know, I, I don't know. So anyway, I, I did sort of miss those things. And the ending for me kind of in the same way – not the very end but the, the, the big fight at the end felt a little bit to me like how I felt up at the end of Wonder Woman where the movie has to have this um, big climactic yeah. battle – and mm-hmm. and so I just felt a little let down, but not that this movie has to solve every problem <laughs> of every blockbuster movie, you know. <laughs>
2: no, I, I agree. I would have liked to have seen Calvin's because he does have such authority about the world and about you know he's the one who introduces us to these beings, and so he yeah, does yeah. have this strange familiarity. Tra- Charles Wallace, right? Which, yeah, okay. Sorry. Yes, Charles Wallace. Sorry. With the with the um the adventure that we're on. So I think I think that would have been right in line. I, I wonder, you know, how that... You can ask Jen next time <laughs> you chat how those choices were made. And I, I was thinking as, oh, you know, okay, this is a children's movie, yeah. so it's going to turn out okay. But I thought, okay, so are Chris Pine and Calvin just stuck in that weird holodeck room? Or, <laughs> you know, I wasn't sure where we would meet up with them again because they did just drop out, bringing us back to the partnership of of the other right. of the siblings. But yeah, when they were, uh, you know, when we cut to them in the backyard, like, oh, okay, good. They made mm-hmm. it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sweet. But, but I missed their journey. I think um, the
3: part that when you were describing the book, it was interesting. I me mean, when you were talking about how he was sitting on a throne and honestly, I think mm-hmm. that would have been really cool because it honestly seems more scary to me than how they were having it on a beach with all those colors and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know if maybe they did that because it's, how we were describing that it's more for children. And so I don't know if that's why they changed it a little bit, but then still gave like the scary, let me lower my glasses. I have red eyes thing, but the throne mm-hmm. idea of how you were describing the book, that sounds more scary to me. And so I'm wondering if that's why they didn't do it.
0: Yeah, it could be. It could be. I think I, mm, boy. So this movie has been hard for me because there were moments I was very moved by it and moments where it didn't work as it didn't work as well. Like, I don't I don't have yeah. love. I don't love this movie, but 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 I'm but I, but I but I but I love so much of it. I love so many of the pieces of it. And I and I think the part of it might be that it's just it's not a movie made for me. Yeah. You, you, you know, um, not that not that uh, I, uh, I don't know how to say it. I I I was. Uh, And also, I was really hyped for it. And I I do not think it's because like I love emotional movies. I mean, I have um, in the last week gone to The Greatest Showman (laughs) twice, which is and like (laughs) cried through most of it, which is so weird because like it's it's so weird, Um, but it has to do with my grandmother. And it's a long it's a much longer story. (laughs) Some people have, have in the reaction to the reaction have talked about, oh, it's maybe people aren't liking it because it's too emotional or because it's for kids. And I, I love kids movies and I love emotional movies and I admire the hell out of this movie. I, if there were things like the caricaturing of some of the quote unquote bad people, the ending, which I, f- I just wasn't like I w- I would hit, it would hit me for moments like her discovering her father and then the father wanting to go home. And those beats worked really, really well for me. And the performances are all great. I think we maybe linger on the planet with the flowers a little too long. Like I could have seen other, I don't know. There were, there were some pacing issues, I guess is what I'm saying to the movie. But when my son sees it, my six-year-old son, whose daughter's not old enough, I think, but when my six-year-old son sees it, I'm sure none of these things will bother him. And he will be enthralled to this, Mm -hmm, and he mm -hmm. will get to see not just a bunch of superheroes, you know, like beating the crap out of each other. And I'm I, I'm so, so, so glad this movie exists. And I'm so, I'm, I'm going to go to it again. I'm going to take him to it. We'll, we'll we'll pay money to see it. Like, I want to support this movie. I don't love it. But I, but I, yeah. So I don't know. Does that make me, am I a bad person? Does that make me, no, uh, I don't know.
3: No, I don't think it makes you a bad person at all. I think, especially when you were saying it just didn't. When you said, I don't think it was made for Mm -hmm. me. And I think the reason why I loved it so much is because it really hit home for me. Like in so many different levels. And so, I don't know, Seeing, honestly seeing a biracial family Mm -hmm. on TV and the fact that it was a white dad and a black mom and then this fierce biracial young woman enjoying her hair and trying to like progress in life. I just, all of it just made me love it so much. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because it related with me. And I think that's why... That's honestly, it's why we love movies. It's why we go and see movies is because we want to relate to those movies. We want to feel something that's like, Hey, that's my life too. And Mm -hmm. I think the reason why I was so excited about seeing a biracial family is because even, I don't know what year it was. I think it was like 2012, 2013. But when Cheerios came out with that commercial with the black dad and the white mom Mm -hmm. and the little biracial girl and people blew up and just, were so angry about it and just there were so many hateful comments and it was mind-boggling to me at the time. I was like, I have Mm -hmm. a black dad. I have a white mom and people are still viewing it this way. And so I think that's why I loved the movie Mm -hmm. because it also just was personal to me. But I think that's also why sometimes we can be biased towards movies because it's so personal to us and why I loved it so much.
2: But And that's great. I mean, that's the... I mean, I'm not the one in this conversation who went to film school, but, you know, I mean, art is there to right. connect with us and to share our stories or to um, awaken mm-hmm. us to the stories of others. And and so I think it's more than fair to say, well, I love this movie because right. of right. the way it connected to me. I needed yeah. parts mm-hmm. of this movie right Same. now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I, I needed Oprah, who every line she had was an mm-hmm. inspirational wall no, quote, but right. it didn't bother right, me because right, right, I'm right. used to that from Oprah, right? But I needed to hear those things. I needed to um, have it articulated to me that these individual, tiny acts of yeah negativity and specks of evil, if you will, accumulate and cause larger things to happen in the same way that single and small yes. moments of light accumulate I needed that articulated I knew it I know it I feel it every day but but I, I needed to see it. I needed to hear that in a different way and so I agree it's not the movie I will point to to say this is the best movie ever mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I needed it right now I would I look forward to maybe I don't know what point it'll come out but you know this summer if if it's out, on DVD to maybe watch it with um, your Mm -hmm. son, my nephew or, or or your mom or, you know, whoever else who hasn't seen it um, or to watch it again Mm -hmm. and say, how does it hit me differently at a different time? What is there something else I can get from it in a similar way? We just, since we're talking about Reese that each time I revisit wild, because I do, yes, yes. I get something right from, from it, either Mm. from the book or the film. So I, I think is it, is it the best movie that's ever been made? Uh, Not not necessarily for me, but I needed it. I'm so glad it's here. I'm glad it's here right now. I'm glad it's back to back Mm -hmm. with Black Panther. So we started 2018 with a more forward moving landscape in terms of representation.
0: And, and giant movies and giant movies. These are really and giant, giant movies. That's, yeah. you see. This is the thing that I that gets to sort of my conflicted feelings about the movie because what I have been I have found myself as or more emotional hearing people. I've listened to some great podcasts with people who love this movie. As I've been trying to figure out my feelings yeah. about it, even just today, and and in reading people who are in, and listening to you guys talk, like I. I'm I'm moved by how people are moved by this movie, and I and I yeah. sort of love it for that. And I and that's and that's I think you know one of the things that's, that that uh, gets does get sort of called up in some of these reviews is the idea of that Calvin has nothing to do. And part of me is like, okay, yeah, that's true, that's sort of true. But uh, on the other hand, like, how many movies have there been where there's been a female sidekick character long for the right, <laughs> yes. run who was given nothing to do? And, and like, I you know, like it's okay, so fine. guess, guess yeah. what? We can take it. Okay, <laughs> like we've dished it out for a exactly. long. We well,
2: thank you for thank you for bringing Calvin up because that is the one other thing I want to say before okay. I play the game. Uh, we touched on chemistry a little bit before, but I loved him. <laughs> the, the, okay, the, and 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 some of our listeners know this about me, some don't. PG thirteen, like steamy romance, is my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. That is what I love in term in books mm-hmm. or in films, mm-hmm. right? I don't Fifty Shades has nothing yeah. for me, but you know, steamy Riverdale romance Uh (laughs) and let's not even i mean that's just the example it's a different podcast for a different time so this is not that but at all uh but the the chemistry between (laughs) these two characters i was drawn to and then i was like oh y'all better be so careful so i'm so glad that these tweens did not kiss yeah i was so worried i was so worried Yeah. yeah so worried they were gonna kiss I'm really, again, with
3: you, I'm really happy they yep. didn't just because of how it showed a different set of passion that you can have for someone mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like the love that they had, but not go there physically. I don't, I, I don't know. It was just something like new for me to see. And I just, I loved mm-hmm. it. And just, and I. And they're children. Yes. And <laughs> right? they're literally, so We don't she's consider. 14 and he's 15.
2: Storm. Yeah. Right. Storm is 14 and. and- Levi, I think his name and is. And so, so, so often in, um, so outing myself as a, as a YA, PG-13, <laughs> love me a high school, anything so set in high school. So often we see um, someone in their mid-20s cast mm-hmm. a 16 right. right, right. Um, in part so that I don't feel as creepy yes. having <laughs> complex feelings about oh, that, oh. right? And in this case, they kept them age appropriate yep. loved it. and and didn't push it i'm um reminded of there's something i, I don't know so younger people tell me um <laughs> there was something recently about millie bobby brown from uh-huh. stranger yeah. things and i want to say like is a canadian musician some other young person who it became clear through their social media that they were flirting or somehow in a relationship and it was a buzzfeed uh article where the writer of the article was saying everyone stop and just remember (laughs) these are children (laughs) don't talk about them like they're adults in a relationship don't put pressure on them yes they are both famous but they are Mm -hmm. children so calm down
3: it literally was um how they were people were over sexualizing the young boys and stranger things okay Mm -hmm. was so yeah, uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. I was like, "Can we please mm-hmm. stop?" I'm really ha- glad that we have an amazing young actors, but again, they are like your 20 year old self does not like stop. Please stop.
2: <laughs> like it was just too much. they So I, I I really appreciated where they took mm-hmm. this relationship. That they again such uh, strong performances from both that you could feel there. And when I say attraction, I mean that as humans, like not yeah, merely yes. or not. Necessarily right. sexual attraction, but but Calvin is fascinated yeah. right, by right. both, yes. both right, by right. this whole family, right? And that's clear in the book that, and so you know he's a he's attracted to her from the beginning and how that comes out. Maybe at the beginning is I like your hair, but then later it's like no, oh,
0: I yeah yeah I like yeah. your
2: hair, and it's and I so yeah. I I liked that.
0: We also should shout out the casting director of this movie. Casting directors don't get enough sort of praise and this is so well cast this is a, a woman named aisha collie or coley i guess i don't know how to pronounce it she's done a bunch of uh, spike lee movies and she did eyes uh, on she did love and basketball and uh, beyond the lights uh, yes and- yes yeah, right, because right, that's right, the same right. director right um yeah uh gina um prince Bythewood uh directed both those movies which and i Wait, have you such a-
3: she did love and basketball
0: she she cast cast it. Yep, yeah. she's the oh, casting director. Love that yep. movie. Yeah, isn't it good? I love that. movie. As do we.
2: That's we should oh, pay yes, come back for that one. Yeah. We are huge Love I, of Basketball fans. I haven't seen this it for
0: so long, but I household. love her. I love the the director, and I love that. I loved that movie when I saw it. And she um, cast Queen Sugar. Uh, she's worked on other. had uh, Selma, other Ava DuVernay projects, oh, but she she does such a great job. I think casting all the way down, um, except for maybe that girl who's <laughs> the mean girl. But again, that might not be uh, you know I, the the and the uh, um. I love that on, uh, Andre Holland shows up as the principal. He's an actor who I yes. adore, yes. Um, and it's and I sort of wish there was like I always want more of him whenever he's on screen. But anyway, last thing I just wanted to give a little uh, a little ding to um, Aisha Kali uh, for casting this movie. Do y'all want to
2: play a game?
0: Yes. <laughs> yes, I want to play a game.
2: Shanna, I, I. I... So far, tend to create the games for our program. And there um, sometimes there are points and people win. And sometimes there's just things to share. So op- in this film, Oprah was delivered to me exactly how I want <laughs> yeah, yeah. her. Yes. Larger than life, supportive, yep, yep. constantly encouraging me to stretch my limits. Mm-hmm. So I wanted us to each say who, if we had to cast the Oprah character, Mrs. Which? Witch, yes, from someone we know. From someone in our life. Who is your Mrs. Witch? So it's not a game, but it was a share moment. Yeah. I mean, I already
3: said my mom is like my biggest role model. So it definitely would have to be my mom. If I, okay, if I went outside of family members, like completely, let's go.
1: Let's let's do that. uh Let's go outside of, yeah. I would go
3: with my advisor at Western right now. Her name is Kara and she is the most inspirational person that I have ever met in my life she is deaf and she is gay and she is just so I cannot express to you how much like I will literally have moments when I'm discussing with her just about how stressed I am about life and obviously we're doing this all in American Sign Language and just there are moments When she just understands how empathetic and how passionate I am and how draining that can be in this world, that she just uplifts me to be like, you can do anything that you want. You just have to keep going. I don't know how just she would be my she's my Oprah. She is my Oprah. Like, hands down, I like whenever Oprah was helping Storm in the movie, when she was constantly having to pull her back up because she wasn't what's the word? Where you know how like she couldn't see any, no, she couldn't see anything while she was going through the, what is that word?
0: Oh, while she was tessering?
3: Yes, thank you. Whenever she was tessering, she couldn't see anything and she kept like being in this awful place and Oprah was just constantly encouraging her and telling her it's okay, like you're going to find it. And
2: that's literally Kara for me. That's great. That's awesome. I like that. Part of it too is so, you know, Oprah is out, Oprah, right? But <laughs> we all have those people yeah. that speak to us in our head in different, you know, that sometimes, you know, in life you are in front of this person and they can help you. But it sounds like as you move forward beyond Western, yeah, there will be yes. a little bit of, okay, what would Kara say? Mm-hmm. Or how would Kara approach this? And so that, you know, we, we while we all have Oprah, we really do all have Oprahs in our lives and I wanted to honor them. So So I literally like, I have her number, like
3: we FaceTime when I'm stressed out. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Excellent. She is, I, I don't even have words. Like she's just so amazing.
2: (laughs) Tobin, who is, who is your, you have have to go next. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So if we're uh, thinking out outside of our family, which we share you and I We do indeed. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> because it could easily be either of our grandmothers, yep. but we're not allowed to say those right. people. So for me, it would be my best friend through graduate school and, and continues um, to be my best friend, Natalie. She also happens to be the um, spouse of my advisor from graduate school. So that, that is that is how we met. But but she plays an independent role in my life as well. Um, and I think sh- for me, she's the perfect combination of the uh, strength and and wisdom of the Mrs. Witch, with that straightforward, blunt, um, radical honesty. I put that in quotes of um, the Reese Witherspoon. So it's sort of, sort of the the combo of them. She looks at things very differently than I do, and you, I need that because I set a lot of rules in my mind of how things should go and what you're supposed to do, and and she, you know, knocks cracks in. And all of that for me in such a, a beautiful way, but is always supportive, is always rooting for me, even if she says things like, "Oh, well, if you if you had your tongue pierced we would never have been friends. <laughs> <laughs> right? Which goes against an unconditional kind of thing, but <laughs> I know that really we would still be friends. I didn't know I could quit um, things um, that that was allowed. Intel. I was friends with Natalie, and you know, if you have signed up for a six fifteen a.m. water aerobics class, and and you're not digging it, you can it part way through. <laughs> That's okay. They don't care. Um, and so there's, um, she has shown me such freedom that I have really? that I, you know, she's shown
0: me my own freedoms,
2: and and I appreciate her for that. Tobin, do you have an answer to this question?
0: Um. You know, because what I'm tempted, you know, what I'm tempted to say, I don't know if this counts as as family, but in terms of closest <gasps> yes. to Oprah is I know is, what you're going to say. I you know where I'm headed, right? Is yeah. our, uh, our our godmother Nelia? That
2: is the answer. That, right. That is 100 the answer.
0: That is that is the 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 sort of if, if we're I, so I'm sort <laughs> of bending the family rules a little bit <laughs> because mm-hmm. I think of her as family in a way, but you know she she sees people's goodness. Or not goodness with such clarity, but treats everybody as uh, a sort of uh, on their way to actualized individual. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. she sees, she meets you on your path where you are, and inquires about where you are, and very gently nudges you. In, you know, in a in and an affirmative an direction, you. and celebrates where you've come, where how far you've come, mm-hmm. and what you're doing. I don't know. I just, that's that's you know, I. Don't I don't interact with her as much as I should? I guess is maybe the lesson in, in all of this for for me I think we need we need Oprah's in our life, and um, I think that we we would be remiss to not mention our godmother in this in this conversation. I think
2: absolutely, yeah. Oh well, so um, thank you, Kara. Yes. Thank you, Natalie. Thank you, Nelia.
0: Yes. Yeah. Oh, that was a nice game. That that game really fit this movie. I think.
2: No. Okay. You know, the- See, I was afraid it was going to be over over drama, but, no, because but I, I,
0: I do like a, it. another thing that this movie gets hit with is being too earnest. And I that did I did not think uh, that does not bother me at all. <laughs> like that's yeah. Because no, like, I I, it, it's, it's this is yeah, earnest. this is this felt very appropriate to this movie. Thank you for for that Excellent. game. Excellent.
2: Perfect. All right. Well thank you all for indulging in my game and Tobin for the heavy editing you uh, <laughs> he will do <laughs> in that portion. Uh, this is the point as we wrap up. Where um, we ask, is this movie a, a step forward or a step back for fearless women in front of and behind the camera? Um, Shanna, as our guest, I'm going to ask you to, to take that first.
3: I would most definitely say a step forward. And I don't, I, I'm trying not to be biased of my own personal <laughs> experiences going with in with this movie. But I really believe that it's a step forward. Especially... When you were talking about in the beginning, Tobin, just how the budget for this movie and the fact that it was a black woman doing it. Like, I don't think we mm-hmm. think about the amount of times that men have constantly had these roles. And people, I think sometimes even my generation thinks, okay, yeah, what's the big deal? Like, it's the 21st century. And it's like, okay, but listen, 50 years is not that long, you know? It's not that big of a span to have just fixed everything. And so when you're having these huge roles be placed Mm -hmm. in women's hands, it's incredible. And I think sometimes it can get frustrating for me when people are constantly being like, okay, yeah, well, it's the 21st century, no big deal. And I'm like, no, it is a big deal because this isn't, it has not happened. And I think we need to Mm -hmm. recognize that yes, as we progress and things have changed, there is always room for improvement always. And so I think sometimes I feel like I'm nagging a little bit on my generation, but I'm going to do it anyways. I think times we think, Oh, we have it so good. So everything's fixed. And that's not the case. Like there are so many things that we can mm-hmm. still do and mm-hmm. change. And just because women are no longer seen as just mothers and house givers doesn't mean all of a sudden everything's fixed. And they have all these opportunities. Like we still don't have as many opportunities as we should have. And the fact, honestly, that it was a black woman doing it. Like, I don't think people understand the significance of that. And I will say it's very interesting how a lot of people are being like, oh, Black Panther has dominated and it's doing way better than Wrinkle in Time. And that movie is just like not that big of a deal. I think it's very interesting how that is the case when it was a black man actor, uh director directing Black Panther. And I feel like maybe if it was a Black man director for Wrinkle in Time, maybe would have been given a little more emphasis of wow. how amazing it is. So I don't know.
2: That's just my. Or at least a, a little more room to breathe. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Thank you, Shannon. Tobin, what do you,
0: what say you? I say this is progressive AF. <laughs> <laughs> this I love it. This, this is there is no there's just no question. I mean, from from top to bottom, the way this movie is put together, who's in charge of it, the kind of movie that they're making, it really does bother me when people have to sort of, you know, are trying to sort of rank this and Black Panther with one another as though as though there has to be a winner in yes. this thing and like. You know, if you really, if you really do want to get into that argument, we're talking about a superhero movie in a larger franchise with a lot of existing character. Like, it's a yes. whole other, Thank whole you. other <laughs> fucking thing. So let's not even. The thing I yes. love about it is the all that this has been in the press a lot. Um, and if you follow them on uh, on, or at least um, Ava DuVernay on Twitter, as I do, you you hear about how they would they were editing the, their movies in like adjacent suites on the Disney lot, and would like talk to each other and hang out together and like watch each other's cuts that's and awesome. I would love to be there for some of those covers. how cool would that be to be with these that's two amazing. great these two fantastic filmmakers who just are making very different kinds of films and like I, th- that's for, for all of these reasons and as 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 much as I don't as I said don't love this movie I really like this movie and I admire the hell out of this movie yeah. it's craftsmanship yeah. it's there's you know just so so, so on, on on so many levels um, and I think that I think it is it is is uh i'm so glad it exists and i'm and i'm looking forward to seeing it again
3: and i love the fact that you're saying admire and not love because i think people sometimes mix the word they think love is admiring and i don't think that's true and so i think it's just important the fact that you're saying i like admire this movie so much because i i feel like that word is just as powerful as love can be
0: so isla what about you
2: <sighs> you know what I think it's a step back.
0: <laughs> Just kidding,
2: <laughs> Just kidding. I mean, really?
1: Like, yeah. <laughs> no,
2: I mean absolutely. <laughs> I know I go last, and so there's, you know, everything has been said. But from the equal partnership in the in the marriage of the two scientists, yes, um, to the panel of mystical beings and and uh, the, I mean, I don't. Uh, diversity is a buzzword, but the you know, diversity yeah. in the panel there, and then it being helmed by a um, brilliant and beautiful young woman as a main character, mm-hmm. as well as a brilliant and beautiful woman. And I mean, beautiful in terms of soul yes. uh, mm-hmm. uh, director as and and writer um, the care that, as we've said, the care that has been taken with this uh, material and in the way that it has been delivered to us is, exquisite mm. and i am also so happy it exists
3: and also i just want to say how beautifully she made the movie like honestly i don't think people understand how mm. beautiful it was just the pictures yeah. and the colors and everything mm. just side note yeah
0: it is a gorgeous top to bottom a gorgeous looking film yes yeah.
2: and i i think just a final final thing i promise but <laughs> um i you know i i know shanna you're saying a couple times you didn't want to be biased again i would say be as you want. There's no yeah. such thing as unbiased. For one thing, you can point to this and say, there's a girl that I relate to or have <gasps> felt like at one time or just being able to see a family that mirrors something from your own experience and that this is one of the first times yeah. you've been able to see that is so meaningful and i think will be so important for so many people regardless of maybe how it mirrors something from from someone's you know background but i i think yeah. that should be given weight it doesn't right. it doesn't have to be well i'm biased but it's like no absolutely i'm i'm biased and this is why this is meaningful so i'm glad glad you have had this conversation i appreciate it i really do just cuz i feel like sometimes
3: when i want to express that people are like okay here she goes again just like there's not a representation enough or blah 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 blah, but no really it, it was huge for me and i appreciate you i just appreciate you noticing
0: that and saying that so thank you well,
2: well thanks appreciation fest <laughs> okay uh tovin what's coming up next
0: Oh, next, we are going to talk about James Cameron's Aliens, which um, is a conversation that you will definitely all want to come back for because we have had it and it is spicy. Uh, That's that's coming uh, in in two weeks on April 3rd with special guest Nick Jenkins of The Real Bad Podcast. So, uh, yeah, come back and check us out in a couple weeks for uh, an in-between watch or don't uh, James Cameron's Aliens. Uh, So, yeah, that's going to be fun.
2: I'm just shaking my head. (laughs) <laughs> Listeners, it's um, it's amazing that that we uh are, are back together again the host, the host have reconciled. um it's gonna be fun i'm intrigued
0: it's gonna be it's gonna be wild, be wild. Uh,
2: so um shanna thank you again so much Yay. for taking time out of your busy it is um what our campus calls dead week is the week before <laughs> finals Thank you so much for um, sharing your insight and your experience and your time with us. Thank you for giving me an opportunity. Oh yes, please. Any anytime. We absolutely come back. Is there a social media platform that you would like to plug? This is the time when we talk about our Twitter is or other things that I don't have. Is there a place that you would like people to find you or would you like to stay under the radar? Oh, yeah. Uh, they can find me on
3: Facebook and Instagram mostly. in um, Snapchat. I actually love Snapchat. It's um Shanna.T21 because 21 is my favorite number. That's my mm-hmm. Snapchat. Okay, and Shanna is with two Ns. Yes. Yes? Yes, S-H-A-N-N-A. Dot T21. Yep. And then Facebook, it's just Shanna Thomas. And Instagram... Well, I really should know my things, but I don't. (laughs) Instagram Instagram is Shanna Thomas (laughs) 2121. There it is. I (laughs) I love 21. (laughs) All right. Uh,
2: Shoot. Mine's not nearly as interesting. On all fronts. So if you must, you can find me um, at SassyNerdMT on Twitter as I continue to learn how to use it and use it under protest
0: you have come so far I I I'm, I love it every time I see that you pop up on there whatever you have to say I'm I, it's great you, it's great excellent how about you Tob? you can find me on Twitter at Tobin Addington and you can find us at facebook.com slash the contenders pod or on Twitter at contenders underscore pod so get in touch with us tell us what movies you'd like to see please tell us how much you love how this movie looks and feels and what this share your experience of this movie with us we'd love to hear from you uh, we at The Contenders are proud members of the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all those great shows, things like Too Fast and Furious and Keanu Club and Cinemakers, go to cageclub.me or facebook.com slash cageclub and find them at cageclubpod on Twitter.
2: Find all the shows the Cage Club Network has on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us. Those reviews really help us um, spread the word about the show. We're excited. We hope other people are excited too. And if you leave a comment, we might just read it on an upcoming show. In fact, I would like to share something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, not so much, well, it is a review, if you will. So, Carly B or at CarlyBird71 on Twitter says, I am her favorite. <gasps> of the two co-hosts on this show. Oh my gosh. So I wanted to shout out at carlybird 71 Thanks so much for listening. Uh, thanks so much. Isel-
0: for- You're Iceland's favorite listener to this show. <laughs> exactly. You're
2: my favorite listener. <laughs> and we'll, we'd love to hear um, how your thoughts change after the aliens. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't think her opinion is going to change after aliens.
2: So yeah, keep keep the comments coming. Um, keep the conversation going. We love it. Keep
0: the fan mail coming to Iceland. It really, really does wonders. <laughs>
2: exactly. <laughs> Speaking of which... I'm Aislinn
0: Addington. And I'm Shannon Thomas. And I'm Tobin Addington. And we'll see you next time on The Contenders.
2: Go find all the shows, the cage... K- Did you just say that? No. Nope. Okay. Go find all the shows, the cage K- <laughs> K- club... No, you did not write this well. Okay. I just—it's
1: the same
0: as last time. I just changed no, the color.
2: No, if you look at it, it's bad. Um,